0: Hello
3: and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co host, Daryl Lamy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry?
2: There's Darrell. We have so much stuff going on. It's just, you know, every single day, what I'm lost for words sometimes. Every single day, we manage to come up with some really fantastic (laughs) stuff together. Well, we're
3: meeting some incredible people right now. And, you know, this is the time uh, we've been saying all all along, you got to get it done in 2021. But a huge part of that is authenticity and bringing authentic relationships, combining that with authentic value and authentic habits. And just watching that happen, coming out of the 2021 Authentic Selling Challenge and seeing the motion around that and, and having we're getting a front row seat to that right now with everybody in the intensive and it's intense. It is so cool, though, watching uh, this great community of sales professionals rally together and say, "I'm gonna be. I'm gonna bring it." Authentic relationship, authentic value, authentic habits. I absolutely love it, Larry. This is such it, a fun time right now.
2: It, it, it's it's so cool. The best part of the intensive is to watch the dialogue that happens afterwards. And you know, I'm a big believer that you know sometimes it takes a little bit of a push. Mm -hmm. which means that leaders must go first. Mm -hmm. And it took, you know, right? Remember, Daryl, it took you and I just pushing a little bit. And now to sit back and watch people opening up and share their stories, it's going to make them better sales professionals.
3: Yeah, it is. And it's happening. And this is a great time. And by the way, if you're new to the Selling from the Heart podcast, welcome. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value—we call it selling from the heart. And as we get started on our podcast today, I just uh, actually got off uh, a Zoom meeting with our friends over at BombBomb, and I'm just so excited about the organization and the heart behind. You know, it's one thing to find a cool piece of technology like BombBomb; it's another thing to meet the people that are making that happen that have this heart for saying. We want to enable people to show gratitude and communicate in meaningful ways. And I'm just grateful uh, for our friends over at BombBomb Bomb and all they're doing to make uh, all of
2: this possible. It, it's, uh, it goes back to the book, Rehumanize Your Business. And what better way to put a heartbeat back in to business than to humanize yourself through the power of video. And actually, you can almost reach right through the screen and tug on somebody's heart, as opposed to hiding behind a keyboard and using text-based messaging.
3: That's right. So we've got a quick word from our friends over at BombBomb, from Alicia, and then we've got an amazing guest uh, we want to introduce you to.
1: Selling from the heart is all about getting back to the basics of selling, relationships. You know, you hear these words, know, like, and trust so often that it's easy to just pass them off. But the truth is, these words are deeply rooted in humanity and in the way our prospects and clients make decisions. But it's hard to build trust and likability when your communication is left to plain text based emails and messages that are not only lacking your humanity, but they are lacking your single best sales asset, which is you. So what if you could put you and your humanity back at the center of your communication? Well, that's exactly what we do with BombBomb. Simple video messages from your computer or smartphone to help you build relationships faster, communicate with clarity and empathy, and get you face to face with your prospects and clients more often in the places you're already communicating with them email, text messages, your CRM, Slack, and even LinkedIn. All of this is available to you to try free. For 14 days. Simply go to bombomb.com forward slash heart. Sign up for a free trial and let us guide you to success with video and help you get back to selling from the heart.
3: Wonderful. And if you want to give that a try, check out bombbomb.com/slash <laughs> heart. You can try it for free for 14 days. Amazing. And thanks to our good friends at Bomb Bomb. Uh, just wonderful. Larry. We have a great guest today. I have been looking forward to this conversation. This is going to be super practical. So, why don't you introduce our friend Nigel Green and let's dive in?
2: Well, you know, what can I say about Nigel? Nigel's a true kindred spirit. And part of my morning ritual is, you know, I'll watch video messages and I'll, I'll I geek out on inspirational quotes. And then I sit in various spots in my home office. And I'll read books. And I learned from Daryl to juggle more than one book. So I'm getting to be a pro at juggling more than one book. And a quick shout out this book's on my desk, on where I, it's right here. You can even see the bookmark Revenue Harvest. I encourage everyone to go grab a copy of Revenue Harvest. Nigel Green, we've been looking forward to this. Welcome to Selling
0: from the Heart. Well, thanks for having me. I tell you, after the uh, the intro to the show, I feel like I should be a wrestler running down the WWE. <laughs> just in your way, just ripping my shirt off. I'm here to go, boys. Okay, so, so here we go. But, hey, Darrell, before we start,
2: okay, Nigel, you set this one up, man. So now we know that you watch WWE.
0: So if you're a WWE wrestler, what's your nickname? You know, I don't watch WWE. I watched it when it was WWF. There you and, go. And two of my favorites, both bald, believe it or not, Rock who's everybody's favorite, and then uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, there we Those go. Those are two of my favorite wrestlers
2: okay so then daryl then everyone's gonna start smelling what nigel's cooking pretty soon right that's right
3: stone cold green right here you heard it first (laughs) folks well nigel we're excited you're here this is going to be a really uh practical conversation today for for everybody but as we get started you know the question that every guest on selling from the heart gets and that is what does
0: it mean to you to sell from the heart well here's what i think about um selling from the heart I i think people that are full of heart are okay being vulnerable. And so oftentimes uh, vulnerability gets misunderstood in the workplace. Uh, Vulnerability is not bringing your baggage to work and, and just projecting your problems out. But vulnerability is being okay with not knowing everything. Vulnerability is asking tough questions or admitting you don't know something. And our relationship with vulnerability in sales is that we think to be vulnerable is to be weak. Well, that's actually couldn't be further from the truth. Think about everyone you know that's led, that has been open about what they don't know, open about what scares them, concerns them. You probably liken them to someone that was strong, not Mm -hmm. weak. And so Mm -hmm. I I think for sellers, a, a big piece of selling from the heart is... Being comfortable saying, here's what I don't know. Here's what I don't know about you. Uh, here's what I suspect you might be wrestling with. And I'd like to have a conversation about it. That's what I think vulnerability is really about. It's embracing the strength that comes from sitting through the unknown with your customer.
2: You know, it, Nigel, that, that's so good. And in, in, I like that you touched on the, the, the vulnerability part of this because... I think most people in sales will look at vulnerability as as a weakness when in actuality it's a sign of strength. So, you know, I would like to just, you know, as we start, I'd like to throw this back and just say, where do you think that weakness comes from when salespeople go, you know, I can't be vulnerable because fill in the, you know, the rest of the sentence with a reason, but where do you think this really comes from when it's well, all where,
0: said and done? We, we believe, and some of us have been taught that we need to be the expert. So um, our definition of expert is someone who knows all the answers. Well, maybe that's not true. And and there are two things I want to highlight here. Experts may not know all the answers, but they certainly know what questions to ask to get to the answers. Mm -hmm. And the other mistake that we make around expertise is that while you may truly feel like you are an expert on your company, your industry and your product, that's fine but it's a mistake to believe you're the expert on your customer or your prospect's problem. They're the only expert on that. And so the extent to which you're willing to shut up and listen increases your chances of actually getting the deal done.
3: That's that's oh so good. And I think that's a really, all of this is a, a great transition to, the topic that we want to talk about today, which is, you know, when it comes to authenticity, when it comes to finding wholehearted sales professionals, um, uh, whether you're interviewing and recruiting, um, for those folks, or whether you're the one on the other side of the desk, um, that you're, you're looking for an organization that is, is going to embrace authenticity. You know, this, this whole concept of, uh, if you think about the interview process, um, I know when I've interviewed for sales positions or any position for that matter, the word vulnerability is something that, um, you know, I would never think about bringing into an interview, but it seems like whether you're the interviewee or whether you're sitting in the chair, um, you know, wanting a position that vulnerability is actually something that should be on, on your radar big time.
0: It should be. And so, um, I'll start by saying, you know, why should you listen to me when it comes to interviewing? I've hired about 300 sales professionals in my career and I went back recently. It's funny. I was talking about this on my podcast with someone who's interviewed about the same or hired about the same amount of sellers. So my statistics are for every salesperson I've hired, I've probably interviewed 10 to 12 times that you can do the quick math to figure out how many interviews I've done. And I've learned the hard way that what, what you're looking for, that, that competitive advantage of vulnerability and authenticity, mm-hmm. it's not going to be on the resume. So that, that goes into, I have three buckets, three C's that I look for when I'm hiring someone. And the resume falls in the last and least important C, which is competency. And the trap that most sales leaders make is they start there, Hmm. start by looking at do they have industry experience? Can they bring customers with them? How long have they been in sales? And you and I know that just because you've been in the industry, just because you were successful at company X does not guarantee that it's going to transfer to company Y. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because of the other two C's that are far more important. And the first one is character. Character to me is something that the only way you're going to uncover it is through a conversation, eyeball to eyeball video in in, in today's world to try to get a sense for do they have a set of guiding principles? Are, Are there things that they surrender to that are bigger than them? And if they don't, if you can't uncover that, they're, they're probably not someone that, this is the second C, that you're going to have chemistry with. Mm. So chemistry is important. And this is where vulnerability comes into play. I will probably, If you work for me, if I'm your sales leader, I will probably spend more time with you during the day than I will my kids and my wife and my friends. Do you think we're going to have opportunities to get vulnerable with one another? probably. Mm -hmm. But if I don't think you have character and we don't have common ground through chemistry, am I going to be vulnerable with you? No. So if, if I'm not willing to be vulnerable with you, if I don't feel like we have commonality in the things that we believe and hold true, the things that interest us, the things that get us out of bed in the morning, how likely, how inclined am I going to be, to open up and wanna share a problem that I'm thinking about that might affect you and your work uh, or might affect my ability to coach or or work with you or help you as a customer, chances are I'm not gonna do it. So if if you start with competency, sure, you might have a lot of pretty resumes, but you and I both know that chemistry, character, the the extent to which a team can gel together as one, Far more important than what you did in your last jobs,
2: hey Daryl. I, I so love the chemistry and mm-hmm. character. I mean, this is. I like how you put it in three C's. I know Daryl's ears are just perking up like crazy right now. You just really just that that was great. But that's can we peel this back for a moment? Is how do you pull what questions uh, for the leaders that are that are listening into the Selling from the Heart podcast right now? Is how what how can you question or layer in questions that pulls out that character to see if there's that right chemistry. I love the word chemistry over connection. Mm -hmm. I kind of like that.
0: So let me give you some real questions that I ask in an interview and I'll set this up for you. So uh, I've laid out a six step hiring process. The order of the steps is not important to me. The time that lapses between the steps is also not important to me. The only thing that matters is that we don't skip steps. And one of those steps is a rapid fire. It's a 30 minute just Q&A with me. All right. And I tell the candidate, hey, I'm going to ask you some questions. They're going to seem random, but I promise you there's a method to the madness. If at any point I cut you off, it's not to be rude, it's just because I feel like I've gotten the answer that I want and I wanna move on. So here's some of the questions they can expect in no order whatsoever. Larry, finish this statement. I wish I were someone who, and I shut up and I let him finish the statement. Daryl, what keeps you up at night? What's the last book that you read? Your wife comes in and says, "Uh, honey, we've got a problem. And she needs you to help her figure it out. Who's the first person you're going to call? What's the last book that you've read? Who is your mentor? Tell me about a time you've lied at work. And if they say they've never lied at work, well, that it's a trap, right? We've all (laughs) all lied, right? So that gives you an idea of the types of questions. And, And think about have you ever lied at work? That's a character question. So chemistry question is going to be around. Uh, what's the last book that you've read? If they said Harry Potter, I'm probably not going to get along with him. But if they said Selling from the Heart, that's my guy. Let's go. Let's get after it. So those are. That's just a sample of some mm-hmm. of the questions that I'm going to ask. Another of my favorite questions is, What was the very first job you had? Not was. What was your first job after college? What was mm-hmm. the first thing you did in exchange for money? How old were you? And what did you do with the money?
3: I like this because I, I think back and by the way, uh, I I've told you this, uh, offline, but I'm going to say it online. I've been a sales manager several times over my career. I was terrible at it. <laughs> I, was, I was. I mean, I broke. I broke all the rules. i uh, But you know what? I. I often said if I had revenue harvest, it would have rescued my career in, as being a sales manager, possibly. But um, it's. It is hands down the most helpful book for sales leaders I've found, and I mean that with all sincerity. But you know, it's it's interesting because I reflect back on my days as a sales manager, and and in those interviews, all those interviews I did. I was absolutely looking for the third C I was, you know, and, and as you're talking, I'm remembering the long grueling field ride days out with someone I could hardly stand being with. Right. And, but you know, you hired them and why, you know, I mean, why didn't you look for chemistry and you know, the character side of things? um, I don't know if that was a category for me other than, you know maybe some of the honesty, if you could figure that out, but I love this mindset of, of interviewing for these three C's. And, uh, I, I think there's, there's something really powerful here because I know the pain of being a sales leader and having the wrong people on your team and knowing it was your fault, uh, that you did that. This is, this is really, really awesome stuff, Nigel.
0: Well, one of the things, uh, and, and thank you for that. One of the things that I want to do, uh, two, two things, really. One just came to me. One I already had as you were, um, were saying that back to me. So I'll start with the one that I already had. And and that is that it doesn't mean ignore competency. Right. In fact, still look for it. But if it came down to two candidates, one had industry experience, one could bring customers to me, the other one, I knew uh, I had a lot in common with they were an ex-college athlete, which is chemistry for me. I know they're going to compete. I know they're going to be full of grit and they're going to have tenacity and they're going to be curious. I'm going to go with that one because what I know about that type of person is they'll quickly learn the nuances of the industry. Again, that, that is an abstract comparison. The ideal candidate has all three, Mm-hmm. But rarely do we get the ideal. The second thing that came to me um, just just a moment ago that I wanted to share, and this is a practice that I started adopting probably around 2016, and that is because character and chemistry are so important and character and chemistry can move over time. It's not static. I require that everyone that works on the team go and interview somewhere else each year. Just once, go interview somewhere else and let's make sure that this is still the place you want to be, you still want to be led by me, you still want to work with this team and that you're still getting as much out of this opportunity as we're getting out of you.
3: Wait, so you recommend that you have your sales reps do what they're already doing inter- anyways and go interview as somebody else. Yeah, that is that's crazy. About hey, be, talk about <laughs> brilliant. vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Come tell me what you learned. People are making uh, people are making these decisions. So your people on your sales team are making these evaluations every day, all day long. Uh, there's something really f- uh, refreshing about just acknowledging that. And, you know, I, I love that. That's beautiful. Larry, what do you think? <laughs> Larry's muted. So let's unmute Larry. Um, Yeah. So there we go. Larry, uh, you've got dead air here. So Nigel, I think this is this concept of like coming in and saying, okay, do you still want to be on the team?
0: Well, look, if we, if you look really at, cool. it, I'm, I'm a, I'm a sports guy. So if you look at sport, um, it's, it's not shunned. It's not uh taboo and, and, in fact, it's a practice that it's embraced. If you if you listen to the commentators, they'll, they'll tell you in between plays, you know, so-and-so, this coach just interviewed for this position last week with this team, and such-and-such mm-hmm. such is um, believed to maybe be the next coach at this school or at this team once the season's over, um, and that's okay. And so I wonder, why does it have to be something that we um, dismiss or uh, look down upon in the selling world?
3: Yeah, I think I think that's really cool. And it's really, um, you know, the reality is we want high performance salespeople. It's kind of like it's kind of like sports, right? It's kind of like looking at this and going, okay, you got a sports team Um, on the sports team. People, people move around between teams. It happens in sales. The important thing is let's focus on making this a team that you want to be a part of. Right.
0: Especially if you're a star player. And and what the reason why I think it's fair, and here's and this may sound may sound callous, but it's a reality. And I tell the team this, I tell everyone that's interviewing that. So my job is to make sure that I replace the sellers that are the worst with someone that's better. So I'm always interviewing. So you should be too, because you can look at the scoreboard and see where you stand, and chances are I am looking for someone that has character that has chemistry and might be a little bit more competent than my bottom third of producers. Mm-hmm. So
2: now that, now that I'm off of unmute somehow I accidentally hit the mute. My apologies, Nigel and Daryl, but uh, I want, I wanted to go back. Cause um, as I was messing around with this mute thing, you started talking about sports and sports is near and dear to me. And I believe it's called the wonder lick test. Yeah. And what's really interesting is whether, the, especially in, in the NFL and National Football League, I know they use it extensively and it's all around character. And there's a reason why. And, and I love the whole character and chemistry part of this because how many times in sports has character come to the forefront where it hasn't blended in with team chemistry and watch what starts to happen?
0: A lot of really talented ex-athletes that can't get a job. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Well, I'm curious, as we get ready to wrap up the conversation, let's switch to the other side of the desk. Let's think about the sales professionals that are out there that are interviewing and that are wanting to um, communicate. And also, I mean, there's a mutual fit here, right? They're wanting to make sure that when they get in an organization that is going to be a good fit with them chemistry-wise and and um, character-wise, not just competency. What would you say to sales professionals who are interviewing right now? Uh, what, what should they be
0: looking for? What should they be bringing into the conversation? A lot of sellers are quick to tell you what they've done. And that's great. You should be proud of, of what you've done. Mm-hmm. But what I'm looking for is how does that parlay into where you're going? And what's the role that this next opportunity plays in who you're trying to be in five to seven years from now? Mm. And if you can't map what you've done in your career and how it's shaping you for your future self, I think that's a miss. And, and so if all you're doing is trying to get the job versus showing how this job plays a small piece in a bigger story and a bigger narrative, You're missing it because what I'm looking for is someone that is thinking bigger than the role that they're applying for, because I hope that they will not be in that role for very long. And that's not to diminish that. that I get there are people that just want to sell. They don't want to lead. They don't want more managerial responsibility, and I get that, but it doesn't absolve you of your responsibility to contribute more. And so maybe you just want to sell. That's fine, but maybe you need to communicate to me that you want to take on national accounts or that you'll always pioneer new regions or that you'll take on and mentor newer reps that are greenhorn to the industry that don't have the season you do. But you got to show me how what you did is shaping Mm -hmm. who you're trying to become.
2: Hey, you know, as I was thinking, I'm just going to throw this out here because I love this conversation, but from a leadership's perspective, I want to circle back to that for a moment, is where does gut come into this? And, and you see what I mean? Because yeah, you know, you can ask all the great questions and all that, and and I love what you were sharing, but where does gut help us understand where that gut, I mean, you're going to get something in that first five to 10 minutes and it, and it hits you in your gut before it hits you in your head.
0: So I learned this yesterday. There are more neurons in your gut than there are in a dog's brain. So when people (laughs) say a gut feeling, like there's something real Mm -hmm. to the gut feeling, here's where gut feelings uh, can be a trap during the interview process. Your gut feelings sometimes are confirming your own personal biases. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying don't listen to your gut, but what I'm saying is that if you are the only reference point for the experience, that's a mistake Mm -hmm. because you need others involved in the interview process to check your gut feeling and make sure that it is real intuition and that they see it too. And it's not just confirming, the biases that you brought into the process.
3: That's strong. And um, I've made a lot of bad hiring decisions off of of gut feelings. So that that dynamic is is really, really critical. And this is, Nigel, I knew this was going to be a a great conversation, but I feel like I've learned so much today. And uh, I just want to say, well, first of all, thanks for investing time with us today. And just a huge thank you for the uh, voice of authenticity you are in the world of helping sales leaders become awesome. And your work is, is fantastic and just hats off uh, to everything that you're doing and, and the person behind it is incredible. So Nigel, it's an honor.
0: Well, it's always a pleasure to be with you. I love what you're doing and you, you guys are two of my favorites. No, awesome.
2: we, we appreciate you, Nigel. And, 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 And I smelt what you were cooking the whole time on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for joining us today, Nigel.
3: Larry, uh, I feel uh, every time I talk to Nigel, I was like, where were you (laughs) in in 1995 when I had my first sales management position? But This this conversation, I think, has been instructive for both leaders and sales professionals um, in terms of of so many different things. And definitely recommend that everybody go get a copy of Revenue Harvest. If you're a sales leader, you're absolutely going to love it. If you're a sales professional, it's going to prepare you um, for sales leadership. And you're also going to learn a lot along the way, which I I think is going to help you in your planning, uh, planning your years, really great stuff um, in Revenue Harvest. But Larry, this this idea of Looking at character and chemistry, uh, not only does it alliterate, but it also resonates. And I think this is this has been a big add to the mix of of selling from the heart and, and how we think.
2: Yeah, I, I, w- I would encourage, you know, the, the leaders out there is write down, you know, after you listen to this or as you're listening to the podcast with Nigel is. Develop those list of character questions. Develop those list of chemistry questions, and weave those into the conversations that you're having with people. That'd be our challenge this upcoming week. Yeah, that's so good. Well, once again, thank
3: you everybody for joining us. Uh, thanks to our friends at bomb, bomb for helping make this possible. And we've got some exciting things coming up. Speaking of you, you said we were cooking. Uh, <laughs> Nigel was cooking some stuff up. <laughs> we're cooking some things up right now that I can't wait to announce. So stay tuned on the Selling from the Heart podcast. And until next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, grow your character, work on your chemistry, and most of all, sell from the heart.
1: Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.